and welcome to another episode of Talk Go for Buckets. I'm Luke Buer. This is Ryan James coming from the basement once again, like we do for all <laughs> shows, for everything, because this is where we're always at. Uh, yes, I also am in my basement once again. Uh, Ryan, here we are. Uh, today is uh, Thursday, uh, May 21st. Uh, basketball recruiting nuggets uh, to talk about here. Uh, pretty excited to talk a little bit about that and then maybe speculate on uh, a little bit about some of these transfers, uh, all, all sorts of stuff, right? But we haven't chatted in a while. Seemed like a good night to get together. Um, so let's let's just start in right away with the transfer stuff or transfer and uh, recruiting stuff. Uh, basically, let's start with a local kid, Booth Gotch, from your hometown of Austin, Minnesota. You know, Booth Gotch. What's kind of fun about Booth Gotch is he's a player that if you pay attention to Minnesota high school basketball, he was right in front of you as he went from a very nice top 10 player in the state, um, a, a good player, to like right in front of your eyes, he morphed into a top five player in, in the state of Minnesota. And you could kind of see at the end of his junior year, year when he was taking Austin to the championship against De La Salle, you could kind of see this coming a little bit. Um, now, at that time, most colleges, this would be towards the end of his junior year, most colleges didn't think they saw his transcripts and didn't think they could get him in. But, you know, he started kind of moving up the charts. And, like, think about this. When, when, his, when he was, when the last time, last time he was in Minnesota before we had to take him out of the net, or Minnesota rankings for him going to Arizona to prep school. Mm-hmm. Number one was Trey Jones. Number two is Daniel O'Toole. Number three was uh, uh, Jarvis O'Mersa or Gabe Kelcher. I think I had Gabe Kelcher number three. Jarvis O'Mersa four and Booth Gotch five. Mm-hmm. And now here, you know, Gabe's had a wonderful career at Minnesota, but it's Booth Gotch that you're talking about as a potential NBA draft pick and. And Luke, I watched, like, I looked at three 20 minutes. Like, they got a lot of 20 minute games online. If you ever want to watch a game right. and watch it quickly, you can find them. And I looked at three of them, and my goodness, here, he's not a mere copy because they're, they just, but he, but there's, that's kind of the way you would picture him playing because he had the ball in his hands an absolute ton. Mm-hmm. He pushes the pace, he's athletic, finishing, he's a good passer shoots the ball at the arc, but he could be more consistent, takes chances on D. Like, he's a lot of those things that Amir Coffey did when he was a gopher. I saw Booth do, doing for Utah, only not quite at the same production level yet. So, yeah, yeah he would be great. Yeah, so we, we probably should start with he has not verbally committed or you know, to go to the Gophers. He, he, I think he's still maybe technically, did he pull his name out of the NBA draft right now? I know he's tr- obviously keeping his eligibility, but has entered the transfer portal. That's the, that's the minimum that I know. Right. Is, is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, they've put, they've said he, they said he's in the trans, the transfer portal. So, you know, I think just based off of putting his name in there, everybody thinks he's coming and, and he's taking virtual visits. So everybody pretty much believes that uh, he's going to be at the college basketball level next year. And so where's it going to be? I mean, the list that's coming out, you know, the thing that I pop, that probably grabs my attention the most is Texas Tech because mm-hmm. he was recruited by Texas Tech. Like I think Texas Tech was the first, them in Utah were the first te- teams to offer him. And 
like, like Texas Tech's kind of the one to watch, but it comes down to this. Like, you know, you have a long list of schools that would love to get Gutskotch in, but Gutskotch wants to play professional basketball, and he wants to play it quickly. So you have a list of Arkansas, BYU, Auburn, Maryland, Vanderbilt, Creighton, Georgetown, Illinois, uh, or, or Oregon, Gonzaga, USC. But you know what they, none of them have that Minnesota has? A 90-minute a trip from Austin, Minnesota right. to mini, the University of Minnesota. And that's the trip that I took many, <laughs> made that trip many a time. It's funny, like, Booth Gotch's mom worked, I believe, I believe I, this is my father told me, I'm pretty sure my dad has this right. Booth Gotch's mom worked at the hormone plant over in Austin. Uh, like, I, and maybe she still does. Now, that I don't know, but she used to. And when my dad was the union rep, and my, and I don't want to make my dad sound like he was some hotshot or nothing. My father was working on the line for years and years and years and earned his spot to the union rep. But when he was the union rep, um, he would talk to Booth's, Booth's mom a lot when there was, like, some issues in the plant. And then Booth's mom would come and talk to my dad about what she saw on behalf for some people, for some others. Mm-hmm. And they communicated a lot. So, like, mm-hmm. Booth. You know, Booth got his family lives in Austin, Minnesota, and and Booth is 90 minutes away. So if you're thinking waiver, if you're thinking waiver through maybe like the coronavirus type thing, type issue, like we're we're better to get one than Minnesota, unless you know the only team that that other place that's comparably close is Northern Iowa, and I'm telling you, Booth isn't going to Northern Iowa. Right? Yeah. I mean, like like to your point, you know, his goal is to play professional basketball, right? Um, I, I'm going to build a house of cards here and we can tear, you can tear it down if you want, but you, you said he wants to play professional basketball. Um, you know, the PAC 12 while traditionally has had some strong years, uh, they are a conference relative to the big 10 that is down. Right. So what are the ways that you can improve your stock? Well, one, you can play in a better league, right? You can prove yourself. You know, if you, you, you had a good run in the PAC 12, you can prove yourself again. I'm not saying you can't go to the pros from the PAC 12, but you, you, you definitely can improve your stock by going to the Big Ten, playing against better competition, improving yourself, right? Or getting under the tutelage of a coach that's put people in the NBA. Now, I can't honestly say if I know if Utah's put guys in the NBA recently. Um, but, you know, Daniel Turo should go to the NBA this year. I don't know if you can say Patino has a long track record. But to your point, like, if you're going to be able to get a transfer, if you're going to transfer, you're going to get to play right away. Minnesota seems like the logical choice. And quite frankly, we've learned with Amir Coffey leaving early, uh, you don't, you're going to want to go when you're young, right? Cause the NBA eventually kind of sours the older you get on prospects. So man, I, this just seems logically like the, the destination, but obviously we're not the ones making the decision. Yeah. And like if somebody else would have to convince Booth, that he could get a waiver somewhere else. Again, Minnesota's close to home. You can easily talk about the pandemic, I would assume. I would say easily, but I would say you could talk about the pandemic and that's your way of getting a waiver in getting home. Um, but the word is Utah has to kind of agree. And I don't know that Utah, Utah I've heard some things, Utah is kind of a stubborn, a stubborn, stubborn program. So that might not be as easy as some people think. But I don't know. Like that, that, That's, that's something that has to be figured out further down the line. But, like, they had their virtual visit. Uskotch in Minnesota had their virtual visit yesterday. Uh, I talked to two sources um, that uh, that both said 
that the visit went very, very well. Booth liked how they laid out the University of Minnesota, laid things out for him and how he would fit within their offense and such. And, I mean, there are times me and you have both talked about, you and I have both talked about this extensively, how we would like to see guys not play 38 minutes a game, right. 36 minutes a game. Play. But guess what? If you're Booth Dodge, how big of a selling point is that? Oh, you could play in your as close to your hometown as possible. Oh, we could probably you know your best chance to be your waiver. Oh, I will let you play in the way that Amir Coffee played. Although you wouldn't be the point guard, you could be a guy pushing the ball, and you could be an option as a point at times. And oh, by the way, when you're one of my top guys, I'm going to play you the whole game. Right. That has to be appealing to a Booth Gotch. Yeah. Now, so yeah, Booth Gotch is the guy to watch and watch close, and we are in in late May. But Luke, it's late May and we are talking about a very, very good player right now. In like in past late Mays, we were talking about Brian Greenlee. We were talking mm-hmm. about Maverick Ahamisi. And Maverick they had a nice little role at the University of Minnesota. But but we were talking but still not like a guy who was who played a ton of minutes. And Ginnarumbi, who lasted about one day. You know, Chip Armelin. Mm-hmm. These are what we're talking about in late May and June signings. Booth Gotch is different than that, mm-hmm. you know. And but Luke, I do have to break off and argue with you a bit here. <laughs> like you said, the Big Ten would be better for the draft, but like I'm one of my projects this, during this pandemic, late night when the kids are sleeping, are looking at all the draft picks on the draft boards and watching a game or two. Yeah, and I've I, I've watched USC with their big fella up front, whose name is hard to pronounce, and I forgot it. The big guy, Olo, Oli, Omi, Oli, Arizona with Nico Mannion, Zeke Najee, um, and uh, Josh Green. And I've seen Washington with Jaden McDaniels and Isaiah Stewart. You, uh, Stanford with Tyrell Terry, they're being talked you know, talk about. I am sure. Yeah. I am sure that I'm forgetting about somebody as I continue to slow my speech and mentally run down the entire run down the coast to make try to get through all the teams in my head um but i yeah i think i think that's probably everybody oh the guy from uh the guy from colorado tyler bay tyler bay like that 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 list and luke going down the list of big 10 potential picks i ain't seeing anything (laughs) except for daniel oturu and like unless it's in you know and he's not very high in many boards unless you're looking at NBADraft.net. So right now, the, the the draft, the mock drafts are not agreeing with you. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I would say, I, I guess what I'm basing that off of is uh, team performance and getting to the tournament. Yeah. Um, not necessarily uh, individual performance uh, per se. But th- yes, very fair. You You definitely put me in a box there for sure. Um, yeah, like it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. like I look at these games because I have DV I have set my DVR on so many dang hot college basketball teams that I have a load of games on YouTube TV DVR. But like at this point, I won't watch a Pac-12 game unless I can listen to Bill Walton. It has to be Bill Walton. <laughs> See, it's so fun. This is this is where I have to disagree with you. Like I do watch oh. a decent amount of Pac-12 basketball because uh, because you know I have family from out there, and my mom went to the University of Washington. My actually my my cousin is a student manager for the University of Washington right now. Um, so I'll have to hook you up with him sometime, Ryan, because that way yeah. you guys can bond over student manager uh, s- stories, right? <laughs> uh, but 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 I'll say this: 
Bill Walton's fun for a while. And then after a while, it's just like, he's not even talking about basketball. He is so off the rails and I almost feel bad for the play by play guy, but I can definitely see the appeal from time to time, but he is just off the rails. There's a reason he's not doing NBA games anymore. I'm totally on the flip side of it. Then I'm going to tell you why I used to, I used to just absolutely be annoyed by him. And if you, Jared Martinson, is a guy who works for North Star Hoops a little bit. He does more Twitter than write stories, but okay. he, he's been a big Will Bill Walton guy, and I kind of like poo-pooed it. But then, like, I got into it a little bit, and they were talking. See, I've fell in love with the West Coast lately. Like, I want to move to Arizona at some point. I want to move to – I probably won't move to California. California is too much for me, but I'd like to be out there more. And, like, every time they talk about the West Coast, I'm all in. Like, are we conference champions? Yes. You know, Arizona, yes. Bill Walton, yes. Out taking our bikes, driving down the coast, yes. TCH, yes. You know, so like mm-hmm. I've been, I've been totally, totally. Flipped. And I'll tell you all the other thing about Bill Walton. Did you listen to the highlights or the full broadcast of his Chicago White Sox, his Chicago White Sox broadcast no. when they played the Angels last year? Dude, you need to look it up on YouTube. Bill <laughs> okay. Walton, Chicago White Sox. It is amazing to clear it. So. <laughs> Back on topic. Back on topic. Uh, so back on topic. One of the reasons that uh, that you know there are two two uh, scholarships available is the we I think we talked about the Peyton Willis transfer. Um, you know him taking. Look, he's at College of Charleston now, or going to go to College of Charleston. He's going to grad transfer there. He's going to play a bigger role that fits for him. Uh, but Brian Greenlee, a guy that came in, you know, like you said, a late spring signee, a point guard, didn't get a lot of run. He is now in the transfer portal. I guess theoretically he could come back, but I think all all indications are he's not going to come back. But you know, he had a very short stint here at the University of Minnesota, and that opens up another scholarship. Yeah, I mean. So Peyton Willis is gone. He's at College of Charleston, as you just said. I, I was a little surprised by that. Uh, on the flip side, I kind of like it. Like, you know what? The guy wants to go somewhere where he is going to be touching the ball and, like, almost all the playmaking is going to come off of him. So good for him. I'm a little puzzled by it. I like, you know, he's in Minnesota, and he was playing a boatload. You know, and he would have played a ton next year, too. So I, I was a little puzzled by it. I know there was some frustrations about the injury. I don't really have the depth of, of where his thoughts were there, but like, I know there was a little frustration there, but I didn't, I was surprised by the transfer for sure. But you know, maybe that's the open door that leads to Booth Gotch and like Luke Booth Gotch, Jamal Mashburn and Marcus Carr as your, as your ball handlers. That, that sounds exciting right there. Mm -hmm. And then with Greenlee out, and I'm told that Brian Greenlee, um, like he was home in Florida, and you know they, and these the coaches are meeting with these kids regularly wherever they're at. They're all over the country right now, wherever their families are for the most part. They're all over the country, and uh, um, and so and then he's down there, and they had their meeting, and it just it it wasn't expected that his role was going to increase much. So naturally, it was you know, the best thing for him was to likely transfer. And, and and that makes a lot of sense. But then that opens up our next point of conversation, which is, you know, the number 263rd ranked prospect <laughs> in 24-7 rankings all of a sudden. he I see he's the number one rated player out of Turkey. 
Yeah. I see in the twenty fourth heaven rankings. So, I just noticed. So hold on, yeah, real quick so. before we before we get to that, they do rankings by country now. So okay, so I don't think so. <laughs> I think the program forces them to put like a state or a location type thing. Okay, and you know, I mean, I, I you know, I would probably I would like to see if they did that, like a top ten from Europe. Or, or you know what I mean, and like or top ten, top fifteen coming in international, but yeah. it just says the ranking just says IS, which I I must be for Istanbul, Istanbul, I, I guess I don't know. It, but anyway, David, I believe it's Mutas, Mutas. Like I don't know. I would say, please forgive me. Like time is, I this distance learning, going to school and sitting in my office has every day seeming like one long day, mm-hmm. but. I believe it was about a week and a half ago. I messaged him after I had heard from a college coach about him and he got back to me a little later and I was hoping, but he got back to me and he said, hopefully both sides will, he said, I'm talking to Richard Patino and hopefully soon both sides will be happy. It, it basically alluding to the fact that hopefully soon he will be a gopher and they will accept his signature. Now, I checked into it today because there were some rumors he was going to decide this weekend, which could be the case. Um, and when I did that, I heard from, you know, there's been some teams listed. Arkansas and Minnesota were considered the top teams. Um, and just so people know about Arkansas, you keep seeing Arkansas pop up. Arkansas landed four of the top five guys in the state of Arkansas, high school class-wise. Like, Arkansas is rolling on the recruiting trail, but they don't quite – have like the desperate need for a spot like the Gophers do um, as the, at the big wing, they're more looking for depth. Mm-hmm. So, but Minnesota need would need a big wing, especially if they don't land blue scotch. So in talking to sources today, I was told that David, if he comes to the United States, he will be a Gopher. It has not been announced yet. Like, because there's a couple of things here. One, I don't have a good, I don't have a great idea of what an international student has to do to get into an American college. And then add into that, I don't know what a, a international student athlete has to do to be an American student athlete. But I believe there are some, I mean, obviously when you're overseas, they're taking different classes. There, there's different numbers, there's different systems, there's different history, there's different this, there's different mm-hmm. that. So they have to take some different type of tests, and he has to take those tests, um, whatever those tests are. Yeah. And he has to do that. And second, he has to make the decision, like, what if his pro team locally offers him a good contract? Does he take that, or does he come to America playing the Big Ten? And Or does he come to America playing the Big Ten, and they come here where, you know, who knows what the overseas thought process is, of our pandemic, you know, I don't, who knows what his thought process of it is. He also has to, he also has to take that into consideration. Well, there's, um, which kind of goes back, which kind of goes back to blue Scotch too. Cause I initially heard that he's still going to look into overseas or play maybe in the G league. But like, is Booth really going to go overseas right now at a time where the, where the world is so uncertain. And you have to think of that as David too, but to finish this up, if David Newtef comes to America to play college basketball, it will be for the University of Minnesota. It's like, it's like his final list is 
University of Minnesota overseas professional basketball. He has to decide between that. Yeah, I mean, even the thing to consider right now is I don't think you can even fly into the United States from Europe, right? So I don't know how they'd work. Maybe they'd find a way to work around that, but you know that could be an issue as well. At, at one point, I guess I don't keep keep track of all the executive orders from both the federal and state governments, like real straight. But my understanding was you couldn't even fly in from Europe to the United States unless you're an American citizen. Um, so th- that potentially could be an issue as well. I'm, I guess I'm not really sure, but yeah, that's a much more complicated situation. And, and as, as you know, right, these pro clubs, whether it's football or sorry, football, I meant soccer, um, but that is football, uh, f- football or, or basketball. That's football. Yeah. Football. Uh, either of those, like the, those those prof- local professional clubs like you can you can make an, make some okay money going that route right and get into their kind of developmental league and then move up to a better league and stuff so maybe he does have a good option there and that's what a lot that is what a lot of those international players do right especially if they have big aspirations to play at the NBA or you know play in the Spanish league or the Italian league or whatever right that's that is a really good good option for them so uh, man, that sounds like a complicated situation for him, but you, you hope for the gopher's sake um, that works out. You know, and I haven't had a chance to dive into his video yet. I I posted it on Gopher Illustrated. I found a game online and posted it for everybody. I haven't had a chance to dive into that, but the general reaction of gopher fans was, you know, a lot of them thought Blake Hoffhaber. I don't, you know, it's tough to say that after watching one clip, but they loved the way he shot the ball and loved the way he moved up and down the floor. They said a more agile Blake Hoffauber. That said, does he have Blake's passing ability, Blake's IQ, Blake's ball handling, Blake's defensive knowledge? He certainly didn't have the defensive knowledge from what the fans on the board said. I'm going to try to watch that in the next 24, 48 hours, get my thoughts on it. So I'm going to know what I'm looking at, but, you know, is David going to make that decision in the next 24, 48 hours? That's been the rumor around here. I'm not saying it's not going to, but I think it's more complicated than that. From what I'm hearing from sources is like that, that the decision of the decision of what he's going to do for sure, that won't be, even if he did commit, it wouldn't be a certainty because you don't know if the, where he's at with the, with the test. So what good would a commitment do right now? if you don't know that he could certainly come over here. So I, I think it's probably going to be a bit longer. And even if we did see a commitment, my guess is you still would have to be a little leery on some of those situations you're talking about, which leads me to believe they might wait on that, on that commitment. All right. So let's maybe, maybe close out with this um, new assistant coach, uh, local ties, Hopkins grad, Jeff, I think it's Maylot. I don't know how, actually how to pronounce it. You're definitely going to know. You know, Jeff hasn't, Jeff hasn't been in, like, Jeff's making it like a 10 year, he was gone for 10 years. Okay. So, you know, Jeff was, has been in different parts of the country, even both as a player and when he was fresh out of college before coming back here. But I was always told of Jeff Mailhot. Okay. Okay. So I was always told of Jeff. Now, Jeff played. Oh, wait. The pronunciation on gophersports.com is Myatt. If it's Myatt, I have never once heard a single human being in Minnesota high school basketball <laughs> correct that. Okay. It's M, capital M, Y. And I have a reputation both in podcasts on the internet of being horrible at pronouncing names. So I do try to do this. Uh, M, Y, dash, I, T, Myatt. I'm going to go with that. So that means, 
that means Jeff's the nicest person ever. Because <laughs> all these people have been pronouncing his name wrong forever around here. And he's just been cool with it. So Jeff, not only is Jeff, you know, a qualified guy to step into a coach, guy who's waited his turn, a local guy. Jeff is also a very nice person because every I, everyone that I've ever heard say his name has said it wrong. So, <laughs> so Jeff, if you're listening, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I never didn't realize that people have said your name wrong all these years. But one thing I can tell you about Jeff is he was a, a junior college coach in Texas for six, seven years. And there was a lot of good Minnesota high school basketball players that went down there and had success. Now, I don't have that list exactly in front of me, but there's been a lot of guys who have went from Minnesota down to Texas and have had good things. You know, and, and I think Zach Lofton is one name that's been down there. Mike Rothenpour, I, I coached Henry Sibley, and he is now playing for the Iranian national team and playing professional basketball in Iran. He was down there. Um, there, were, there, are, there are several other names, too, um, that went down there and had success. So he did a good job down at the junior colleges before going to New Mexico State, then going to Iona. But I think the big, there's two big pieces here that helped Jeff coach Mayotte get the job here. And that was, A, what he did in his time at Iona was well-spoken of. And, you know, obviously at Iona, the people said, hey, Coach Rick Patino, tell your son Richard Patino that Coach Mayotte was very good here. He's, so you got that going for you. And then you have, um, Ken Novak, who Jeff, Coach Mayotte played with, or played for, and then coached with, also supporting him. So those two things are really going to help. All I've ever heard about Coach is he's a hardworking guy. Um, hasn't, you know, New Mexico State, Iona, those aren't places that were recruiting Minnesota for high school talent. But when he was, when Coach Mayotte was a junior college coach, he was recruiting. Minnesota talent got some good players and had some success with Minnesota players down there. Yeah. So obviously, you know, one of the knocks on Richard Patino is that he hasn't recruited the state of Minnesota. Well, you know, I somewhat disagree with that assessment. Has he missed out on some players? Absolutely. But he's also landed some pretty big names as well. Um, of those, including Amir coffee, Daniel Oturo, Gabe Kalsher, you know, et cetera. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to have a, you know a local tie, but in the end of the day, I just want good basketball players to come to the University of Minnesota. I'm I'm not particularly concerned if they're Minnesotans or not. Um, I know you have stronger feelings that they should be. That you'd like to see them get more local guys, um, but ultimately, I think this is a good a good step in that direction for sure. You know, Luke, if they change our borders and like all of a sudden the like the Mississippi River, Wisconsin went to the Mississippi River, then then like we a lot of these guys were talking about they'd be in Wisconsin. But yeah. like my feelings wouldn't change. It's not about the state of Minnesota. It's about location. Sure. Your best chance to get your best players is the closest people to you. Now can you go get guys outside of the state? Of course you can. One of the things we found out during the pandemic was that Sean Leonard was a five star talent. I never knew that. Vashawn <laughs> Leonard was a five-star talent. Like, I talked to Jim Schickenjansky today, and he was telling me that actually Coach Haskins didn't even recruit Schickenjansky and Willie Burton. That was Dutcher. But, like, huh. but, but, yeah, 
But Willie Burton came here, and he was a highly ranked player. The last top 50 guy that, that came to the University of Minnesota that wasn't from Minnesota, that came to the University of Minnesota wasn't from this state was Courtney James. Well, my God, that was 1995, okay? But we've had several top 50 players come to Minnesota since then. It's just that they're all Minnesota. But we say Minnesota, but what we really mean is the area. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The area. It's about the area. It's not technically the border of Minnesota. It's the closest people that are around here. Like, you could throw Colton Iverson in because he's from the area. That was South Dakota. Wally Ellington. Mm-hmm. You could include Rice that is from the area. You could include... um Matt Thomas, who took a visit to Minnesota, and who is from uh, from the uh, from Lacrosse. Hey, is like, Matt Thomas I, playing oh, in the NBA right now? Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, I, I think I, I thought I saw some highlights there, and that kind of surprised me. But I, I'm going to look that up. He's definitely in the NBA. I saw him play this year. He didn't play much in the game I watched. For some reason, I want to say the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't have anything in front of me to confirm that. But he is playing. But like, I would include that. Too, because that's two hours away. This Johnny Davis, who would go for his offer. Bronson Caning, who went to Wisconsin. Like, that's the area. I would be more concerned about the area. And that's where you want to be able to recruit strongly from. And, like, so, and Trayton Thompson, I would count Trayton Thompson in there. But then again, Joel Masburn is a good recruit. And also, why we're on here, Luke, we haven't, Minnesota hasn't had a top 50 guy, but Washington was 61st or 62nd, and DeVoe Joseph was 61st, 62nd. So they mm-hmm. had top 60 area guys, yeah. and neither of them worked worked out, by the way. Yeah, Matt Thomas is playing in the NBA. He's playing for the Raptors. He, he This is his what first. Is the Raptors? Yeah, first year. He played in the Euro League, and he played in the Spanish League as well. Um yeah, pretty pretty impressive. I, it, it is pretty impressive of late how many of these guys you know play four years in college, go play overseas, and then they do get a shot in the NBA. The dream's not dead, right? You can go play overseas and still get a shot at the NBA. Dude, the NBA, like never before have they had such an you had an open opportunity to play. Yeah, because they've expanded. They, yeah, you know, like not only have they expanded their rosters, there's the NBA is. Now, what, 30 teams, I believe? And so many guys sit out games and so many guys sit out with injuries that, like, you're almost guaranteed, if you start the year as the 13th man, you're almost guaranteed that you're going to be in the rotation for 40% of the year. Think of the Timberwolves this year. Well, yeah. As, and every, yeah, and every team I've watched in the NBA this year, they got guys who just, like Matt Thomas, yeah, probably was thought of as the 14th guy, but he's getting minutes because, you know, the rosters are. Amir Coffee wasn't even drafted, and by the end of the year, he was in the rotation. Now, I don't know if he would have been when everybody was healthy when it came back, but you, you get my point. Like the NBA could almost expand to three, four rounds again yeah. because they are using a deeper group of talent than they have been. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of the reasons a lot of these guys are getting shots too is the, the emphasis on spacing the floor with a three-pointer, right? Um, Matt Thomas, he shot 46.7% from three. That's going to get you a chance in the NBA, right? If you can shoot it, if you can shoot it from deep, like you'll, you'll get a chance if you can play a little defense too, right? That, those those exactly. kind of guys are going to just get chances, and, and that's the thing. 
that's the thing that that's working in his favor and got him a shot. You know, he's only playing maybe almost ten minutes a game. You know, ten minutes per game in thirty three games on the season. But man, I mean, you get to live your dream, right? That's awesome. That's completely awesome. Hey, and speaking of the NBA, Blue Scotch, if he can improve his consistency as a three point shooter, yeah. And I'm telling you, in high school, as a freshman and sophomore, sophomore, that is what Booth did. Like Booth was a knockdown shooter, and everybody scrambled to find him. And he still shot the ball really well as he got older, too. Now, the numbers haven't looked good at Utah, but, like, he was shooting well, and then he went on a stretch of one for 30 over five weeks. Yes. So if he gets that corrected, the rest of his game is NBA. 6'6", explosive, long, can handle the ball, create. He is so quick with the ball. Booth Dodge, if he gets that he gets that shot more consistent. We're talking about an NBA guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was thinking back. I was going to bring this up earlier when we were t- chatting about him. It's pretty impressive how he's diversified his game, right? Because you're right. I remember watching watching like state tournament games. You know, he was pretty much a perimeter oriented guy, and now he is quite explosive. A lot of the highlights you see are in transition. He was very good in transition against the Gophers this year. Like that's something I don't recall him doing in high school. But you know, his time was cut short. Uh, and you know what? Frankly speaking, Austin was probably uh, lost it, or lost a state title because of the fact that he went to prep school. But Booth Scott's going to prep school helped him get the option yes. of Utah and Texas Tech. But Booth Scott's probably him going helped him individually, and you can't blame him for that. No, but as a team, and it's, I don't think his teammates hold any ill will no, whatsoever no. against them. They totally understand. But, like, dude, they win that state championship over Delano mm-hmm. if Booth is on that team. Mm-hmm. No question. All right, Ryan, this is fun. Uh, let's do it again soon. Uh, appreciate appreciate uh, you chatting with us or with me, and I appreciate all the people that listen. It's been it's been really fun. Uh, hopefully we get to see some basketball here in the not-too-distant future. I think we'll learn a lot more here in the coming months. Uh, we'll do this again soon. 